0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. We are turning the page from week number three to week number four. My picks against the spread are up there. You can check out our early rankings as well from our staff at Sporting News. I'll also have the start, sit, calm, the decider up later on Tuesday that you can check out. And we'll break down all the games for you of week number four with matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday, back-to-back. But today's Tuesday, that means Pickup Tuesday. We're going to focus on waiver wire and free agent acquisition budget, the players you should target to try to help your teams. And not too many devastating things happen over the weekend, but still some notable things where you can find some good values across positions. And we'll dive right into that, as well as break down What we saw with the Chiefs-Ravens putting a bow on Monday Night Football in week number three. But first, got to tell you, this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. All right, so uh, let's uh, take care of the Chiefs-Ravens here. Then we'll start looking at uh, the quarterbacks that you want to target here on waiver wire going forward. If you need some help with that position or have some buys coming up, some depth issues, that's certainly something you can look at. If you have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, that's not an issue. They're your QB1s. You plug and play them every week. It was definitely disappointing for Lamar Jackson. It was outstanding for Patrick Mahomes. They're 34-20. The Chiefs go into Baltimore and win rather handily. So they've dominated against Lamar Jackson here in all the matchups. And Mahomes, what can we say? He just shredded this Ravens pass defense. I was told he was a bit overrated. 385 and 4 for Patrick Mahomes. He also has a rushing TD here early in the game. So he really spread it around legitimately here. Miko Hardman found the end zone. Tyree Kill found the end zone. Uh, Anthony Sherman, the fullback, on a flip pass. And Eric Fisher on a tackle eligible play scored as a tight end. So. No touchdown for Travis Kelsey, but still 6 for 87. Solid game on 7 targets. Hardman 4 for 81 on 6 and a score. Sammy Watkins came in and banged up, but he played 7 for 62 on 8. Terry Kill 6 targets, but caught 5 for 77 and a score there. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire heavily involved in the passing game. 5 catches for 70 yards on his 6 targets on top of 64 yards rushing. So Kelsey and... Edwards-Lair didn't get in on the scoring action, but still a very solid fantasy football game. So, yeah, the Ravens' defense had been uh, looking pretty good against weaker teams, against the Browns and Texans. But the Chiefs come out, whole different animal pass, wire to wire here. They also run for 132, as well as throwing for 385. So, dominant performance. Uh, Mahomes wasn't even touched. The pressure wasn't even there. He just ripped and shredded this Ravens' defense with no problem. And uh, Mahomes is going to keep doing this uh, – if this is maybe the toughest challenge you'll get for a while, the numbers are still going to be up there. The Chargers were difficult, more difficult, pass defense-wise. Bit of a grind for Mahomes in Week 2, but again, had a great game. Exceeded all expectations on that side. Now, Lamar Jackson, very much underachieved. He ended up with 83 yards rushing and did have a passing touchdown here. So, right there in uh, some leagues, he got 14.3 points to get you through, but he also uh, struggled a bit to spread the ball around here, so... The receiving game was pretty much gone. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was the leading receiver, 4 for 38 on 4 targets. Uh, Misconnections with Marquise Brown downfield. That could have been only 2 of 6 targets caught for 13 yards. Mark Andrews, what a tough game for him, too. 8 targets, 3 for 22. So it was a really off game for Jackson passing. He goes 15 of 28 only, doesn't even break 100 yards passing in a game where the script was really favorable. The other touchdown came on defense and special teams when Devin DuVernay returned a kickoff off a Chiefs score for a touchdown, but uh, again, Jackson uh, threw the touchdown to Nick Boyle, which helps uh, no one here, so they contained him, they allowed him to run a little bit. The Ravens still ran up 150 yards rushing, but absolutely cannot pass at all on this team, and and, uh, Jackson was also sacked four times as well, so Really ugly game here for the Ravens offense. And uh, yeah, Jackson was okay, but you expected a lot more against the Chiefs. And really all the other Ravens were useless in this game. Even their defense, even with that touchdown, I really didn't do anything else. No sacks or turnovers there. Give up too many points. So rough, rough outing certainly for this uh, Ravens team. I think they'll rebound nicely. This week at Washington, a short road trip there. Chiefs get the Patriots, uh, maybe cooling off a little bit the Patriots pass defense, a little tougher, I think, than the Ravens overall. But I think uh, Patrick Mahomes, the principles of the Chiefs locked in, and it's good to see Hardman uh, becoming a bigger factor in the pass game behind uh, Kelsey Hill and Edwards Hilaire. All right, uh, so there's uh, my football. Shocking to some, but not surprising. I like the Chiefs in that game. Now, Let's talk about a former chief here, shall we? And looking at the waiver wire, Nick Foles. Yes, Nick Foles is now starting for the Chicago Bears. And uh, we saw Nick Foles come alive. Big fourth quarter, rallied against the Falcons, threw touchdown passes all over there. So, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham. Pretty good weapons when you look at it when Foles is pushing the ball downfield. Gets the Colts this week at home, and then it's the Buccaneers on a Thursday night than the Panthers and Rams. So not a bad schedule for Foles. Again, the Bears have a lot of weapons. They're probably going to be more reliant on their receivers and tight ends with Tyreek Cohen out for the year. David Montgomery running uh, the ball here. So it's not been as great. The Colts are pretty good at run defense or the Bucks. You figure the game script could also help with Nick Foles throwing off in here uh, to uh, lift the Bears. So Foles certainly uh, made them a little bit more gunslinging more pass-efficient throwing down the field than Trubisky. So, again, for the short term, we'll see if Holes can hold on to this job. We know he can be streaky and the stretches can be limited for him as a starter, but I think they want to win games. They're 3-0, and he gives them the best chance right now with this passing approach. Now, Kirk Cousins, uh, there's also a pivot from what we thought the Vikings were. Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw a lot more. Now, it hasn't been pretty for Cousins early, but he really came alive with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph there against a really bad Titans defense. Well, they get a really bad Texans defense on the road this week. We know next is the Seahawks struggled against everyone, then the Falcons, then the Packers. So a stretch of very good defensive matchups here. The Vikings are going to have to throw more with the way their running game uh, can't necessarily be their bread and butter all throughout the game. They were still feeding Dalvin Cook a lot, but... They need to feed Dalvin Cook to open up the passing game and score a lot of points here. Their defense is just not looking good at this point. So, again, Kirk Cousins certainly has a lot more value than we expected because of the throwing bomb. Now, you'll live with the mistakes in fantasy if there's going to be more potential for 300-yard games and multiple TDs. and That certainly looks like the case with Cousins as the Vikings' defense is uh, kind of pushing their identity into passing more than they would like here in 2020. You also look at Justin Herbert, another 300-yard game there against the Panthers, a little bit sloppy. We know he's going to have some rookie downside. Uh, they're playing the Buccaneers, so I wouldn't go there this week. Um, I think they can hang in the game, but I think it's going to be a little bit more gritty than we think defensively, so... Herbert uh, still want to wait and see, but a guy that's uh, worthy to stash here to help be helpful as the Terod Taylor continues to battle the punctured lung and might be out for a while. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you'd look at Dolphins get the Seahawks at home. You figure there's going to be a lot of uh, volume on the other side of Russell Wilson in garbage time. So Fitzpatrick's on a good streak now. Ride it while you can. The Seahawks could come in really banged up without uh, former uh, Jet Jamal Adams at safety. So keep that in mind. The volume is definitely going to be high for Fitzpatrick. There on the other side of Wilson in a good matchup against Seattle this week for one week streaming purposes only. All right, so there's a breakdown of the Chiefs Ravens. Look at the quarterbacks that can help you that are non Mahomes, non Jackson. We'll get into the running backs and defenses that you want to look on the waiver wire next, but first I got to tell you about. Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It is not possible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront, wider, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computers, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And with the rockauto.com catalog, you'll see something that's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications. And prices you prefer and the prices of rockauto.com are always reliably low and same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts at rockauto.com you'll find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's you the classic driver you're the daily driver get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door it's easy to go and save at rockauto.com right now See all the parts available for your car or truck at rockauto.com. Right, Locked On and How Did You Hear About Us box so you know that uh, we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's rockauto.com. We'll be right back here with a look at the running backs and defenses to target on the waiver wire in week number four.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, let's uh, continue here. Uh, Running backs, we had one injury that uh, could be a short-term deal, looks like it. Chris Carson had a knee sprain against the Cowboys, so that opens things up for Carlos Hyde. He's owned in a lot of leagues because Rashad Penny's been on the shelf. But uh, maybe you'll see a little uh, Travis Homer as well with Carlos Hyde, maybe a little committee approach. But Hyde has been pretty solid, we know, in previous stints when needed as a running back. He was very productive for the Texans last year. So they'll plug in Hyde in there, and uh, the Seahawks are a power running team between the tackles, want to set things up for Russell Wilson. So Hyde steps into a great matchup right away. Looks like uh, Carson might have had a chance to play in week four, but it looks like more of a two-week absence potentially for him, so with Penny still on the shelf, I think you have to pivot to Hyde. It is the Dolphins this week, so a very good matchup again right away for Hyde to be productive. Now, Jeff Wilson Jr., we had to see how it played out between him and Jerick McKinnon, but he wasn't all that effective. Uh, McKinnon also struggled a bit against the Giants. The Eagles are a tough matchup this week, but Wilson involved in the pass game with Nick Mullins, they needed a Use the backs more with uh, everyone hurting. Here, uh, Raheem Mostert and Devin Coleman out. But Wilson looks like he's here. We've seen him produce in the past when they have needed him there in San Francisco. So he's getting the ball. He's going to be involved with McKinnon. That's enough touches there for flex play that you can consider. But definitely worth picking up here as we don't know how long Mostert and Coleman could be out. Now, the Patriots situation is interesting. Damian Harris could return this week. And uh, Rex Burkhead coming off the big game with uh, three rushing touchdowns. They kind of leaned to him. James White could return, so keep that in mind as well here against the Chiefs this week. So that changes things up in this backfield. Sonny Michelle still had a pretty good game. So I would say Burkhead's game was a little bit, Flukier based on the situation because he was used as a primary receiver without White. And uh, again, he got the looks in the red zone that Michelle could have gotten easily in that game. But Damian Harris on the radar. Remember, he had a very good camp before he got hurt. Things were going well. Michelle looked pretty good last week as well. So don't get too excited about Burkhead. But Harris definitely carries a little bit more upside. Burkhead, if you're looking for a pinch here, they are playing the Chiefs this week. So there's some value there because you can run on uh, Kansas City, that's for sure. You have to look at Brian Hill, too, in Atlanta. Don't forget about him. He's still around as a backup to Todd Gurley. Looked great with that 35-yard touchdown run against the Bears. Got a little bit more work behind Gurley. Maybe just realizing don't overwork Gurley. And uh, the Falcons really need to run the ball better to protect their leads, protect their passing game. They're having issues as well. with Julia Jones banged up, now Russell Gage banged up. So something to consider. I think Hill's a good stash. Should be kept here for everyone who has Todd Gurley for sure. Uh, I don't think I quite play him just yet. They do play the Packers this week, so that is some opportunity. But uh, I just see him with his usage now, no more than deep league flex consideration, but at the very worst, a handcuff that you should have for Todd Gurley in your leagues as an RB2. Frank Gore, this may be the last call to pick up him. It's not all that inspiring. Remember, Adam Gaze may no longer be the coach here if they lose to the Broncos in week four. So that could change things because we know Gaze has an affinity for Gore, they might uh, pivot to LaMichael Pirine a little bit more, the rookie, with love Bell out if they make the change. So keep that in mind, Gore Pirine, uh, Pirine probably not uh, owned a lot of leagues, but there's been a hint that they want to go to more, I think there's some loyalty between Gaze and Gore, but if that's gone, then you figure Pirine is going to get the next crack here ahead of Caleb Lodge while Bell is out. Now let's look at the defenses that you can target. The number one to me is the Los Angeles Rams. They're at home against the Giants and Daniel Jones this week. Rams defense playing rather well. Didn't play very well against the Bills, but ran into a very good offense. The Giants are not very good offense. They're getting it at home. Cross-country road trip. Big favorites. I like the Rams defense a lot this week. I think the Bears are also a sneaky play this week. I know they haven't played great defense They've got some issues, but they're at home against the Colts. Phillip River's not as good on the road. You can have a, some turnovers that really rack up for you. So uh, I think the Rams and Bears, of the ones that are mostly available, those are the ones that really stand out in this particular week. And then the Jets and Broncos game. Now, this is at your own risk. The Jets are the home team in primetime, so I would slightly lean to them if I'm investing in a defense. Uh, the Broncos. Uh, Again, uh, shell of a team on the road. They're, the Jets are, might be a little bit desperate here. So I just don't like any of the Broncos' potential here. The Jets' defense not that good. Broncos' defense is not that good either. But they're facing two atrocious offenses. But I think the Broncos is actually a little bit worse than the Jets with uh, the Jeff Driscoll-Brett-Rippin conundrum here in a short week for Week 4. So lean slightly into the Jets or the Broncos if you're desperate and you need a streaming defense this week to uh, carry in fantasy football. All right, so there's a look in depth at the running backs. Not too much there, but uh, you definitely want to exploit that situation in Seattle. Uh, Maybe jump it on Hyde ahead of that uh, Carson manager in your league. And uh, again, defenses might be a little tough to come by. You might be able to sit on a few like uh, Tampa at home against the Chargers or the Cardinals there on the road against the Panthers that you can stream for one more week. All right, uh, we'll finish up looking at wide receivers and tight ends in our final segment, but first got to tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. If you don't know this, the only way you can uh, experience that is to try and get your first box of Built Bar or your next one or your 15th one. Bilt Bar is even deliciouser now with the improved flavors there that come with it. Uh, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, Apple Almond Crisp that goes with their 12 amazing original flavors like mint brownie, salted caramel, and double chocolate. All the bars that you get from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy for everyone, uh, for anyone looking to uh, lose or maintain weight and just cares about their health. Built Bars are going to power you through the day and make you feel good as well. All the Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet. Just take their coconut almond, which is a great flavor. Every flavor is great. At Built Bar, 18 grams protein, 180 calories, five grams sugar, five grams net carbs. And the best of all, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LockedOn, you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, with the promo code LockedOn for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to close the show. Uh, pick up. A- Tuesday with our look at uh, wide receivers and tight ends you should be targeting to help your teams ahead of week number four. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service
1: from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: All right, so let's go to the wide receivers. Now, this player uh, might be owned in a lot of leagues. Uh, he was drafted, for sure, from a lot of people. Uh, but now he's finally unleashed here. So somebody may have dropped him after week one and two when he was not doing too much. But Justin Jefferson... Finally manifested his talent here. They threw him deep. They needed to out of necessity to help Adam Thielen, and it happened. He had a monster game, big plays, scored against the uh, Titans. They get a great matchup against the Texans this week. Jefferson is probably worth picking up and plugging and playing this week for sure if he's available in your league. I mean, Adam Thielen's still the number one there, but they need Jefferson to be more than the Stephon Diggs role, and you saw that here in the Again, the Vikings' passing volume has gone up, which also has helped the value of Jefferson go up here as well, because their defense is bad, and they have to throw quite a bit, and I think that'll be the case here against Houston as well this week. By the way, I didn't mention the Vikings or Texans. they both struggled a little bit, giving up fancy football points, but their defenses are so bad, and the offenses are so capable that I'm avoiding those defenses as well. But Jefferson should definitely stay hot here. I don't think he's going to have the same type of big game against the Texans, but Adam Thielen might get Bradley Roby in coverage. That's going to help uh, Jefferson here get open on the other side for Kirk Cousins and a good little stack maybe in DFS for value, Cousins, and Jefferson this week. Brandon Ayuk has to be owed now another rookie. that We look at 1st round rookie coming on strong here uh, with uh, his uh, value to the 49ers. Debo Samuel is going to return soon. Maybe George Kittle will be back this week as well against the Eagles, but Ayuk, they got him the ball in the running game. They moved around, to Versatile cog, and they want to use him as a first-round pick, uh, much like they used Emmanuel Sanders last year. So Ayuk fully healthy and a part of this offense, someone you can look at in deeper leagues there at wide receiver. Now, where do you go with the Eagles? You could look for short-term value against the 49ers with Greg Ward there with uh, Richard Sherman still out here for San Francisco, but... Alshon Jeffery may be the long-term play. They haven't had anyone fill that void. Deshaun Jackson's hurt. Jalen Rager's hurt. JJ Artega, whiteside has done nothing. He's faded out of this offense. So Alshon Jeffery with uh, Dallas Goddard also hurt, by the way. They need someone to step up. So Ward's target's probably going to stay up here. Uh, Jeffrey around the corner, if you can have an IR spot stash him, he's going to come back here pretty soon. He was working in limited practice last week. So getting closer here, Jeffrey hard, man, a trust to stay healthy, but at this point, so are all the Eagles wide receivers. So Ward, maybe for some short-term help, you were desperate. And Jeffrey is a good stash here that he can help the Eagles and, uh, Carson Wentz here soon. T Higgins, another rookie we'll have to talk about here, scored twice against the Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles for the Bengals, getting more involved. Slowly changing the guard to Higgins away from A.J. Green. Green has been disconnecting with uh, Joe Burrow. They've tried, but it's uh, just been a little loose here. So Higgins got to be more involved here. Great matchup this week against the Jaguars secondary. So they could get him definitely involved playing off uh, Tyler Boyd again this week. And uh, again, A.J. Green less and less appealing to play every week. And Higgins' uh, stock is slowly rising here as a key target for Joe Burrow after Boyd. So we have Chris Godwin. He came back, scored, had a pretty good game off the concussion, but he suffered a hamstring injury against the Broncos, so he could very well miss this week. Scott E. Miller led the Bucs in receiving last week, so something to keep in mind. Tom Brady loves him. It's a great matchup here against the Chargers in terms of moving them around. I think uh, they do have a good slot guy that they're, they could uh, – contain him in Desmond King, but Chris Harris Jr. is banged up, so maybe you get Miller on the outside away from Mike Evans on that matchup with Casey Hayward, you have a good chance for Miller to be productive this week. They're working more in the two wide receiver sets with Evans. Uh, So we'll watch Godwin, but it doesn't look good with the hamstring that he'll play this week, and that certainly makes you flock to Miller after leading the team in receiving yards last week. Another injury presented opportunity there in the desert for Andy Isabella, and he didn't waste any time. He became a big scorer right away. Good unleash him. Uh, Christian Kirk had been doing nothing before the growing injury. Kept him out against the Lions in week three. Andy Isabella's got a lot of speed and quickness. Uh, He's a track star. And the way that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is dominating attention, Kyler Murray's throwing the ball. Isabella, remember, he's also in his second year with Murray uh, there. So they have uh, seen a lot of reps together. Came into the league together. So there's more of a connection. Uh, We know Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk had a weird connection for that short-lived time. Kirk has really done nothing to really click with Murray here this season. Anyway, so Andy Isabella is certainly on the radar that we're looking at. Now, Deontay Johnson had a concussion for the Steelers. The James Washington was the next guy up. They do play the Titans this week. so a very good matchup. If Washington can start there, Chase Claypool in deeper leagues uh, can have some appeal. But uh, we'll watch Johnson. He's very valuable. But Washington certainly was the next guy up there. And you can look at maybe getting some big plays out of him against the Titans this week as no doubt to their attention will flock to Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot, but that should also play Claypool a little bit more in this game here this week. Now the Bills have an interesting question with John Brown having a calf injury not returning there. Didn't catch a ball before he left against the Rams. Simon Diggs is the number one. Cole Beasley had a 100-yard game, but Gabriel Davis was also involved, the rookie from UCF, so... Where do you go? I think Beasley is the safer floor play in PPR half point type leagues. Well, uh, I think Gabriel Davis is more of that shot play here. If Brown needed to miss time, I think Davis would be plugged into that spot easily as the big playmaker opposite Diggs here with Beasley staying in the slot. So I think, again, if we're looking for some upside, maybe some ceiling down the line, it's Davis. Some value now should uh, you have him uh, miss a game uh, that's John Brown against the Raiders Beasley certainly against that secondary can do some damage this week now Braxton Berrios he's the only thing going for the Jets short week it's hard to expect James Crowder to return from the hamstring or to have Brashad Perryman return from the ankle we'll monitor that Chris Hogan's also banged up and not there Berrios working the slot here connected with Sam Darnold so if you're really desperate Barrios, the secondary, is not that good for the Broncos. He had good volume. He's the guy that's playing the most here for the Jets. He's the guy getting most trust right now, whatever limited offenses is from Sam Darnold. It's not the most exciting play, but certainly some wide receiver three consideration in uh, deeper leagues this week, even flex play in that scenario as well. Now you've got to look at Zach Pascal being more involved here by default by the, for the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's the number one, but... Paris Campbell and now Michael Pittman Jr. are both hurting, so he's now the number two receiver. They'll have to involve Moai Cox a little bit more as well at tight end, but Pascal moves on up here as a key target for Philip Rivers with the two young guys out here with different injuries. K.J. Hamler is some guy that you can look at to take advantage of the injury to Cortland Sutton. He should get more involved here behind Jerry Judy the fellow rookie there, so if Hamler's available in some leagues, the Jets matchup is not too bad for him to get involved here and be pretty active here, Uh, but it's not a lot of appeal, but deeper leagues, I think he's worth a stash here, and Hunter Renfro, the way the Raiders situation is going, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs III are hurt, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones would be their next receivers after that, but Renfro had a big role, nearly caught two touchdowns, one was short of The goal line there against the Patriots, Uh, they're in garbage time. Uh, We know Derek Carr trusts him quite a bit. They're playing the Bills this week. Uh, Unfortunately, Renfro, you don't want him to be the number one here. You want somebody to draw some attention on the outside for Tredavious White. But Renfro can move around the slot. Levi Wallace has been really roasted there for the Bills. So if they can get that Renfro and Wallace uh, matchup, we'll get him in the slot here. And work it for Derek Carr. I think he has some value. Certainly he's going to have some volume against the Bills this week. Uh, definitely should Ruggs and Edwards miss games together going forward. All right, we'll close looking at the tight ends. And tight end is actually the most appealing position. We saved the best for last uh, for week four and the waiver wire. A lot of values here. If you're struggling at tight end, uh, George Kittle should come back to shore. Some things up for some people, but... Let's look at it. Jimmy Graham, two touchdowns, 10 targets, six catches, 60 yards against the Falcons last week. It's the Colts at home, getting a lot more involved. Nick Foles. So certainly he should be owned in every league at this point, uh, as a backdoor tight end one with his usage, Eric Ebron starting to get some tight end one work here in the past two weeks, big playmaker against the Texans. They have a good matchup. The Steelers do against the Titans this week. So Ebron, someone you can look at here, uh, Touchdown dependent, but he was also used for a few big plays for Roethlisberger, and clearly the tight end of choice here with uh, Vance McDonald, and also looking at Johnson's injury there for the Steelers, it uh, gives Eric Ebron some opportunity to have an expanded role, and they picked him up because Roethlisberger likes throwing to the tight end in the red zone. The connection that he had with Andrew Luck, we thought it would be very similar from two years ago with Roethlisberger. Now that's what we're seeing here. It's very hard to trust because the Steelers have a lot of mouths to feed, but again, Jeffrey. Looking at uh, Johnson being on the shelf here and then looking at uh, sporadic usage of Washington Claypool behind Juju Smith-Schuster, Ebron could have a bigger role than expected uh, should Johnson miss a game, but also still involved in the offense. Now, Mo Ali Cox should also be owned. I mean, he's the big playmaker for Philip Rivers. The Bears have allowed two touchdowns in the first three games. He scored last week, making big plays all over the place after the catch, stretching the field. They're, again, hurting at wide receiver. So right now I would say... Looking at the way they're spreading around, T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal, Allie Cox is going to be rather involved as we've seen the chemistry of Phillip Rivers' manifest and uh, could uh, continue here as they try to beat the Bears here in Week 4. Logan Thomas has been pretty consistently involved with uh, his targets here with 24 over the first three games, only caught 12 balls, has a touchdown uh, going back to Week 1. The Ravens have proved they're not very good at covering the tight end without Earl Thomas, just really not very good in that spot as a, the young linebacker Patrick McQueen has also struggled. So Pat, Logan Thomas, good chance for him to capitalize more on his targets. We need a little bit better play from Dwayne Haskins. That would help as well to a potentially score a touchdown, put together a big game with the same kind of volume against Baltimore. Then Robert Tanyan, you look like uh, maybe a product of Devontae Adams' hamstrung for the Packers, but they wanted to get the tight end more involved there. But Alan Zard looking like the guy they trust next after Adams. Then uh, Marcus valdez is so hit or miss, is a big play target. But Tanyan is there next. They did get three tight ends going. Mercedes Lewis scored, but Tanyan scored again. He looked very good. He's good size, good athleticism, working ahead of Jay Sternberger. We like Sternberger as a sleeper. Sternberger didn't kind of live up to expectations there. in the training camp is Tanyan passed him on the depth chart. So Tanyan's the guy that Aaron Rodgers trusts right now. Greg Olson was a little bit more involved. It's a little sporadic with Olson. Didn't do too much in Week 2. Was very involved against the Cowboys in Week 3 in a pretty good matchup. Again, you have Will Disley and some other targets. This is mainly the Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf show with Wilson playing so well, throwing the ball downfield. But Greg Olson playing the Dolphins this week, uh, something to consider. And uh, their usage might be a little bit up if they rely less on the running game. Need some help uh, there behind uh, Lockett and Metcalf to produce for Wilson, especially in the red zone. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, all the positions now. Uh, quarterbacks, running backs, defenses, wide receivers, and tight ends to target for some help on the waiver wire this week heading into week four. And we also put a bow on Chiefs-Ravens for week number three. We'll dive full into the week four games tomorrow there with our matchup Wednesday. Double shot matchup Wednesday, matchup Thursday. We'll take the first half of the games, including Thursday Night Football, there on Wednesday show and uh, analyze the back half of the games on Thursday. That's what we do here every week on Lockdown Fantasy Football, uh, the progressive uh, podcast where uh, you get no-nonsense-to-the-point fantasy football information to help you dominate your league and uh, also DFS with our Lineup Friday edition that uh, takes everything we've learned and put it in a DraftKings and FanDuel blender. Thanks so much for listening again to Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time uh, to start breaking down the games of week number four.